Hey everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday, where every week we discover God's heart in his word and apply it to our lives. And we're gonna do some applying to our lives because when you hear how the Lord spoke to me this week, what he used to communicate something about himself to me this week, you're gonna think, Beth, that's insane. But friends, Jesus is in everything and he wants to speak to you through everything. So let's dive right in. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for pursuing our hearts, our whole lives long. God, I ask that this morning you would give each and every person watching and praying here today a fresh revelation of your pure, your perfect, your personal love for them. God, we entrust this time to you and ask especially, uh, Mother Mary, that you would spread your mantle of love and protection over us and over this time together. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Confession time. I, over the weekend, started re-watching a very popular series from the late 2000s. It's a movie series. Okay, I'll tell you, I started watching Twilight. Now, before you either turn off this video or lean in, right, with popcorn, I, I feel like Twilight is a very polarizing subject, but I actually want to talk about how the Lord spoke to me, what the what the Lord was showing me through this crazy teenage uh, fiction series about vampires and werewolves. You think, you know, the thing I think is uh, what made it so popular was not the incredible acting, it was not uh, the action or the special effects. Uh, or even looking further back, I, I don't think necessarily it was the writing or the creativity. I don't think it was um, anything except this main storyline, right? I believe what made this story so appealing to the masses was that this main character, Bella, was chosen. She was chosen. Uh, not once but twice. <laughs> she was chosen by uh, these two love interests. And in particular, I want to talk about the relationship in the first movie that she was chosen by Edward. And I think what drew hearts across the world, especially the heart of a woman, is that he chose her. He would say these crazy romantic things to her, like, uh, I've, you have no idea how long I've been waiting for you. Well, we know how long he'd been waiting. It was like a hundred years because he was a vampire, right? But there was a part of, of my heart, and I wonder of yours too, that when you hear something like that, a sentence like that, you read it in a book or see it in a, another movie, that when a, a woman is chosen, something in our own heart responds to that chosenness, responds to that love. I believe there's an innate universal desire in the heart of a woman 
to be chosen. That can come out in a lot of different ways. This desire to be seen, desire to be uh, listened to and received, a desire to be held, desire to be uh, known and loved. But ultimately, I think it, the origin of it, the beginning of that desire at the bottom floor is this desire to be chosen. And you know what's incredible, and, and I'm indebted here to Father John Burns for pointing this out on uh, A Blessed Is She, The Gathering Place podcast. We talked about um, the heart of a woman and the origins of our story in Genesis, in the garden, the story of Adam and Eve. And Father Burns pointed out that this desire in the heart of a woman to be seen, to be known, to be loved, to be chosen is not a fallen desire. It doesn't come after uh, they eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's not a consequence of their sin that they're suddenly so desiring, women are desiring to be chosen. No, it's, it's all the way back in our original design to be seen, known, and loved, to be chosen. I'll tell you about it just briefly that when God creates woman, she is the crown of creation the last creation of God in that story of creation. She is the pinnacle. That tells us that he saved his most creative, most precious, most beautiful work for woman. And he delighted in her and brought her, presented her to Adam. And what does Adam say? He says, this at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He'd been searching, he, he'd seen and named all of the animals, but he had not found a suitable partner. He hadn't found a resting place for his own heart. And so we can see in this original design, our original desire as women to be seen, to be affirmed, to be chosen and loved. In a, in a way that you can't take back. That's all there before the fall. Now, after the fall, <laughs> we know that, that that good and beautiful original desire to be chosen, it gets twisted up, doesn't it? But it was there from the beginning. You don't have to be ashamed of your desire to be chosen. You don't have to squash it down, to diminish it, to make it okay that you don't feel chosen or that you weren't chosen. No, today we're going to talk about actually resuscitating that desire to be chosen and right ordering our desire to be chosen in line with God's word. Because I think for me in my own life, when I've taken that desire to be chosen and it hasn't been right ordered, it, it hasn't been pure and I've been kind of grasping and desiring uh, out of my own brokenness and insecurity to be chosen. I've brought that desire to other people. And that's a beautiful place to experience chosenness is in relationship with other people, especially in a romantic relationship, right? To receive that delight, to be cherished and chosen by a man is a good desire, remember. But to be chosen by a good and holy man is really only a glimpse, it's only a reflection of the chosenness that each and every one of our souls has experienced in God. So it can be very healing, it is healing and redeeming to be chosen in friendship, 
in our family, uh, in a romantic relationship, in marriage. It is healing and redeeming, but it's only a glimpse of the healing and the redeeming love of being chosen by God. So when we bring our desire to be chosen to the Lord, that desire is fulfilled in him. It's realized and it's healed on a deep level that even relationships with others, they hint at, but they can never touch the depths of us, of our unique experience, of our uh, unique longings and desires. Only in God is this desire to be chosen realized. And that's because the desire originates in God. So we have to bring it back to him. Looking back at the story of Adam and Eve and that pattern, Adam did choose Eve. He did choose the woman. He delighted in her and he affirmed her. He blessed her, but only after Eve had been chosen and created by God. That is the right ordered pattern of being chosen. So if you have a desire to be chosen, to be seen, known, and loved, to be preferred in a particular way, to be committed to, these are good desires, but if we keep bringing them to the wrong people, that desire gets disordered. If we keep putting that pressure on other people to fulfill that deep and universal, that age-old desire to be chosen, we will be disappointed. We have to go back to the source of our chosenness, to God himself. I want to um, share with you today uh, the scripture that we're going to kind of dig into and that I hope, I hope you're getting the hint that I really want you to start memorizing scripture. Rewiring our brain uh, with the word of God heals these wrong thought patterns, gives us context for our experience. We're going to talk about that a bit more in a moment, but today we're looking at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Now, if you know anything about St. Paul, the author of Ephesians, uh, you know that he can be a little wordy, a little run-on in his sentences. He's got a lot to say. So we're going to zoom in on one part of a very long verse. In fact, he's just kind of casually saying this as a description about a greater point. So starting at verse 3, um, Paul's giving thanks to God. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. Let's zoom in on verse four there. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Just that part, he chose us in Christ uh, before the foundation of the world. Friends, before the foundation of the world is a long time. I, I can't even fathom how long ago God chose me. There is no beginning. Uh, there's no origin point to the time that God chose me. No, I was a dream in God's heart and so were you. You were a dream in God's heart before you were ever born, before you were ever baptized, before you ever came to him in faith, right? And made that declaration that you were gonna follow Jesus with your life. He already chose you. He chose you before the foundation of the world. You were a dream in his heart. You were a thought in his mind from 
the beginning, of which we know no origin. He has always existed, so he has always thought about you. He, he desired you, and his desires what drove him to make you. Can you imagine the patience of God, that he's been dreaming of you, desiring you, thinking of you, since before the foundation of the world, and yet he waited to create you, to delight in you, for this time, for this geographical place, for your family, for this church, God chose you. Your life is not an accident. Your life is not unseen. Your life matters because you have been chosen before the foundation of the world. And friends, we have to stake a claim in this truth today and every day. So I want to help you to uh, experience and to believe this chosenness. I want you to uh, more and more understand and live from this place of chosenness that God might right order our desires. Because when we go to God as the source of our chosenness, as the source of the love that we long for, everything else it is simply uh, an overflow of that love. Everything else is icing on the proverbial cake, right? Everything else just points to the reality that we were chosen by God before the foundation of the world. So of course we're chosen at work. Of course we're chosen in marriage. Of course we're chosen in religious life. Of course we're chosen in friendship because we have been chosen before the foundation of the world. You were chosen, chosen by the most important person to choose. God himself, the creator of the universe, the maker of your soul. He delights in you because he chose you. And this is affirmed again and again in the word. So if you're struggling uh, with this desire to be chosen, maybe not struggling with it, but struggling to resuscitate it, <laughs> struggling uh, to right order that desire, um, struggling to believe that you are chosen, I want to invite you to turn to the word. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, that you were chosen before the foundation of the world. Begin to say that to yourself. Begin to declare it. I've started working that scripture, that language into my prayer. God, thank you that you chose me before the foundation of the world. Do you need more proof? What about uh, Psalm 139? The entire psalm speaks to the chosenness of your precious soul, how God has pursued you from the foundation of the world, right? He formed you in your mother's womb, desired to make you, never leaves you, never abandons you. There's nowhere that you could go that God wouldn't be there, that he wouldn't pursue you. Psalm 139, pray there, camp there, even if it's just with one verse. If you're struggling with this desire to be pursued and chosen and loved, Psalm 139. What about Jeremiah 1, right? This um, young prophet saying, I, I can't do this on my own. Who am I, God? Why would you choose me? And the Lord affirms, uh, before I formed you in the womb, I chose you. I chose you. Go there. The stories of scripture are our stories. Need more proof? John 15, out of the mouth of Jesus, you did not choose me, but I chose you. 
we get so confused and, and turned around in our desire to know God and to pray. We think that it's all up to us, that it's our initiative, that we make the first move. But no, friend, no, he chose you. Before you choose him, chose him, he chose you. Okay, you need some more help with this chosenness. After you turn to the word, I want you to talk to the Lord, to just talk to him. Because the reality is that you and I have had experiences of not being chosen. And that's so painful. And it's important uh, that we acknowledge the pain of that. We don't shove it down or pretend like it doesn't matter because again, remember that desire to be chosen, that's an original design. It's innate in our heart and soul. We can't escape it. And, and if we try to, it's just gonna get twisted up and disordered. It's gonna come out sideways. So we talk to the Lord about those experiences of not being chosen. And you can do that very simply. Jesus, that really hurt. I wanted um, that raise. I, I wanted that person to notice me. Uh, I, I wanted to be chosen for that job or that team or that part in the play, right? Some of these wounds to our chosenness came very young. The enemy from a very early age has been trying to convince you of the opposite of this truth. He's been trying to tell you your whole life that you're not chosen. You're not special. No one is going to choose you. No one is going to love you. These are all lies from the pit of hell. So let's bring that situation that is real. It happened, but it's not the truth. Sometimes what we've been believing about those experiences of not being chosen, oftentimes they're not true and so we bring them into the light of relationship with Jesus and we we bring them there for healing we bring them there for comfort we bring them there for understanding I know for me it was a temptation when I began to pray with this idea of being chosen with these scriptures about being chosen there was a real resistance in me because I had a lot of evidence in my life that no actually I wasn't chosen <laughs> No, I'm not special. No, I don't know that anyone is going to uh, see me or, or know me or love me in the way that I desire. I had to bring all of that evidence to the Lord into the light of our relationship and say, Jesus, this is true. I believe your word is true, but what about this? What about when this happened and I was disappointed or rejected? That's so real. But what we've been believing about that situation is not true. Because just as Adam affirmed and delighted and chose Eve, it, we go back to the beginning. When we weren't chosen or seen or, or loved by Adams in our life, whether that's your boss or a boyfriend or even in a friendship, we've got to go back even further to the beginning. We've got to go back to the source of our chosenness. Bring that situation, bring that relationship, bring that evidence right, that we believe says we're not chosen, bring that to the Lord. Don't demand answers here, but relate your heart. Tell him that it hurts and see what God does. Allow him to fully heal and restore and purify 
that desire to be chosen. Let him again affirm your chosenness. And finally, give yourself time. <laughs> time. These uh, wounds of our chosenness, they're uh, deep. They've gone a long time, right? So I want to encourage you to be patient with yourself and patient with the Lord as uh, you experience this desire for chosenness being purified. As God gives you new, redeeming experiences of being chosen in Him, in the Word, in friendship, in relationship. So today, if any of this has, has brought up in you uh, your own desire or even some of your own pain around being chosen, stay with this, with the Lord. Don't go after it on your own. Try to heal yourself or fix it. Don't run out looking for a self-help book. Instead, turn to the Word. Talk to the Lord and give yourself time. My friend, you are chosen. That's just the reality. That's the, the truth of your identity. You are chosen. And I pray that you would begin to see that chosenness, not only starting today, but that God has chosen you since before the foundations of the world. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, thank you for choosing us, for loving us, for seeing us, for knowing us. Thank you, God, that um, you favor us in a particular way. You're personal, God. It's not, a, a, it's not an anonymous choosing. There's no choosing of a crowd. You choose us individually. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would pour out uh, your healing balm over the hearts of each and every one of these women. Begin to massage your love into those places that have been hardened because of rejection. Into those wounds that came as young children where we began to believe that we weren't chosen. God, let the, the healing, anointing oil of your presence come and cover all of those places and, and soak in. Set us apart by your love, Lord. Jesus, we trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friend. See you next week. Bye now.